You've all heard the saying, there is no I in team. Well, that's partly correct. But we each bring a unique perspective and experience when working as a team. So it can be viewed as a collective group of eyes that work together to build a team of success. Welcome to Unleash Your Inner Goldilocks. How to get it just right. With host Dr. Cass Henry. In today's program, we'll uncover the tools of team success in order to achieve winning results. Now, here is Dr. Cass Henry. Welcome to Unleash Your Inner Goldilocks, How to Get It Just Right. I'm Dr. Cass Henry, and I am excited to spend another hour with you uh, this new year. And Happy New Year to everybody as we bring in 2018. Hopefully, this is going to shape up to be a much better year as we go through it than the last year was. And as we bring in the new year, we are very, very conscious and aware of Martin Luther King Jr. and the civil rights movement. The goal today is to actually take a step back and in the true uh, character of the show, look at where civil rights have come, gone, where are we today, and how are things shaping up, and also explore what do we need to do as a community of multi-ethnic, multi-racial members to get things just right, just like Goldilocks talks about, right? Not too angry, not too uh, passive, not too aggressive, not too hot, not too cold. How do we get things just right as the show's team expects so that we get beyond our differences and use our true diversity and the tapestry of our diversity to build a stronger society for us moving forward? And with that intent, Today's episode is titled Civil Rights Then and Now, and I am super excited to have my guest, David Jennings, a seasoned freelance news anchor at WGN Radio. David, welcome to the show, and I'm looking forward to an exciting and interesting conversation with you. Well, thank you, Kaz. I appreciate the invitation to be here. My pleasure. So as we kick off the conversation about civil rights, civil rights mean different things to different people. And I would like for us to first talk about what does civil rights mean to you and how that kind of sits in the context of your life experience, because we all come from where we come from. As a black man, obviously civil rights is for me anyway, it, it is about the struggle of what were then referred to as the Negro people mm-hmm. getting the right to be full participants in this society. Mm-hmm. We were not. Mm-hmm. During the March on Washington, which was actually in fact called the March on Washington for Jobs and Freedom, it wasn't just about civil rights, it was also about And keeping in mind, this is 1963. It was also about getting a better distribution of wealth in Mm -hmm. society. That was 1963. Fast forward. Uh Uh-huh. Fast forward. What are we still talking about? Better and more equitable distribution of wealth. Uh So... That's a little above and beyond where we're starting from, but 
you know, it's it's about not being told, no, you can't go to school here. Mm -hmm. No, you can't buy a house here. Mm -hmm. No, you can't work here. Mm -hmm. I mean, it it if you look at the history of America, it's rather ludicrous that some of the most highly paid entertainers of the 1930s, 40s, and 50s mm-hmm. were who? People who looked a lot like me. Very much so. Yet, many of those same people, if they were playing a show in a hotel, they couldn't stay in that hotel. Um, it was, I think, Frank Sinatra who helped bust the whole idea of racial discrimination in Las Vegas when he said, well, if Sammy Davis Jr. can't stay here, I'm not staying here and neither are any of my people staying here. So it was it was just get that part of the playing field addressed. Okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, fire hoses turned on people because they were protesting, wanting the ability to just go spend their money where everybody else got to spend their money. So we have the same issue today in every one of those arenas. Gee, how much things have changed. (laughs) And uh, I laugh only because as time has gone, we have only added more people into the part of we don't want you here or you're different from me, right? Um, The group has expanded on one side and the group is shrinking on the other side. Even when we start looking at who gets a level playing field, who gets even the notion of what a civil rights has evolved, right? In At a certain level, and I know we've started with the black experience, mm-hmm. but at least with the black experience, you didn't have people suggesting that whether or not black people got the right to vote should be put to a vote by the residents of each of the 50 states. Mm -hmm. We didn't go down that road. Yet, if you look at some other groups Mm -hmm. in our society, well, we should let the decision of whether or not uh, a man should be allowed to marry another man or a woman should be allowed to marry another woman, i.e. gay marriage, we should let the residents of our state decide whether or not that right should be extended to them. Excuse me, voting on whether your fellow citizen has a right to something? Have you lost your mind? Are you crazy? What will you decide to put to a vote next? Hmm? I mean, it's been it's it's been more than I think fifty years since the Supreme Court heard the Loving case uh-huh. about interracial couples. There are still people in this country who think that there shouldn't be interracial marriage. I know. Mm-hmm. I am in one, and we experience that in different parts of the country as we visit, right? And so here is the concern. Ultimately, the whole hope of the civil rights movement was not about any particular 
it started within a group, but a variety of people joined in that civil rights movement in the United States. It was about social, it was the demand for social, social justice, justice and, and, social for, and for economic justice. Mm-hmm. And the civil rights movement, even before it came in America, it has been around in other places, right? Look at who influenced Martin Luther King's vision of nonviolence peace movement. That's Mahatma Gandhi. Gandhi believed that the future depends on what we do today in the present. And here is a man who brought the entire Indian subcontinent, not just India. I'm from Sri Lanka. Our entire part of the world went into a economic boycott of our British colonial masters and bankrupted them. And that's how the freedom was gotten, right? It was not you a made, bloody... You made your point and you didn't... No one had to fire a gun. Yes. Uh-huh. No one had to beat anybody else mm-hmm. up. But it was simply peaceful resistance. Uh-huh. We're not going to play by your rules. Uh-huh. Have a nice day. Yes. Uh-huh. Well, we're going to beat you. Okay. Mm-hmm. Have at it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm still not going to do what you want me to do. Mm-hmm. And it puts the oppressor in an uncomfortable and an untenable position. Yes, because it takes away the perceived control they believe they had. Because you can take all our assets, you can take all our money, but we're not buying the stuff you made us make for you. We are going to wear our sarongs and our saris. Until today, that entire subcontinent, men wear sarongs, and women wear saris because it is part of our cultural uh, celebration of our freedom and of our free will. It, it's a powerful statement, mm-hmm. and it and I it may at a certain level serve as a permanent cultural reminder of what price had to be paid mm-hmm. to achieve that freedom from the United Kingdom. Yes, uh-huh. it didn't come easy. No. It never. It doesn't come easy anywhere. Mm -hmm. It hasn't. It hasn't fully materialized itself in this country yet either. Mm -hmm. There are still issues, and we're creating new ones. We have adopted, and and I don't know if it's primarily out of fear, Mm -hmm. but as Americans, there are far too many amongst us who seem to believe that because, well, they're not white, but they're not black, so automatically. They must be a Muslim, and therefore all Muslims are bad. Yes. Uh And it's, no, 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 no. Time out. Wait a minute. Okay? Let's not start passing judgments on people who we don't know anything about. We've never met. We've never talked to them. Oh, well, uh, we we can't build a mosque here. Uh, That's sacred ground. Who decided it was sacred? Okay. Some institution or some members of some institution decided they were going to claim it so. If if you recall, (laughs) after the events of September 11th, Uh there was a desire um, by some in the Muslim community in lower Manhattan, they wanted to put a mosque in the neighborhood. And it's suddenly, oh, it's it's disrespectful. It would desecrate this hallowed ground. Uh What made it hallowed? Because people were killed there? Is that the only thing that makes it hallowed ground? I, 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 I have a hard time with that kind of logic because it isn't logic. This is about one thing and one thing only. You're not like us. You're them. Mm-hmm. We don't want you. 
And we have a lengthy history in this country of doing the us versus them. Mm-hmm. And when people don't fit in those boxes, that people also get very, very antsy because you don't fit into the white box, you don't fit into the black box, well, even, you don't fit into the rich box. Even in the, the even even in the white box, when every ethnic group that came to this country, uh-huh. um, the Irish, they did their thing, uh-huh. they found their base, they became their community. Uh-huh. Now, whoever got here first didn't treat those who came behind them with the understanding that they're going to go through the same thing we did. Uh-huh. Oh, no. Let's do everything we can to make sure that their arrival is as unpleasant and as miserable as ours. And it's like... It's almost the rite of passage approach. Why, we went through this, therefore somebody else has to go through the same thing. Why Why go through this? Wasn't the, wasn't the experience bad enough for you? Why then do you think it's okay to then pass that on and engage actively in dumping on the next group that comes along? How can you? And that's an interesting question. What I would like to do is go in for our first break, come back and pick up that conversation right there because I want to dig a little deeper because that is a very interesting uh, area that we really do need to delve into. Find out what makes the most successful people tick. Keep listening to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com If you are looking for an outstanding keynote speaker, look no further than Dr. Cass Henry. Cass is available to speak to your company. She also offers organizational leadership development seminars and workshops. These seminars can integrate learning and development, customer service, processes, and financial growth. Positive, motivated employees care about their customers and work products. Visit CassHenry.com or follow Dr. Cass Henry on Facebook. That's K-A-S-Henry.com for more information. Organizational training does not have to be a difficult job. Visit Dr. Cass Henry's site to find out more about her organizational training curriculum development and global organizational training webinars. These informative webinars cover leadership development, career path and succession planning, financial performance improvement and change management, and corporate finance. For more information, please visit CassHenry.com and follow Cass Henry on Facebook. That's K-A-S-Henry.com. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Find out what makes the most successful people tick. Keep listening to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You're listening to Unleash Your Inner Goldilocks. How to get it just right. To reach Dr. Cass Henry or her guest today, please call one 346 9141. That's 1 888 346 9141. You may also send an email to Dr. Cass Henry at hotmail.com. Now, back to this week's program. 
Welcome back to Unleash Your Inner Goldilocks, how to get it just right. We are having a conversation about civil rights then and now with David Jennings. Uh, David, welcome back to the show. As we went for break, we were talking about how people don't take their own lessons learned from their experience and make it better or easier for the next group of people who are coming along, instead making it harder and putting more obstacles in the way. What makes people do that? I don't know. I honestly do not know. I do not understand the logic behind it. I, 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 it doesn't make any sense. It, you, you're, you're in effect, you're, you're so tribal Mm-hmm. That tribal is a good word. Okay. You're you're being so tribal in that kind of behavior. It it almost sounds as if you really don't want anyone here who might challenge your position, mm-hmm. your status. You know the the he who dies or she who dies with the most toys wins mentality. Mm-hmm. Well, I have toys now. I don't want you taking any of them. And and. There, I don't know where we get the idea from that there aren't enough toys to go around. There are. Yes, if we're willing to share and play because we can't play with all our toys all at the same time. And, and it gets awfully lonely if you pick up your toy and go home because you don't like who the playmates are or don't want to get to know them. Uh-huh. It's like, why? Why build barriers that don't need to be there? Uh-huh. We live in, it's one planet. We yes. don't get to leave and go to another planet because we don't like While the person. While we're still alive. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. But it's like, we're here. Yes. Let's yes. act like we live in the same place. And at the end of the day, we'd like to leave the place a little bit better than mm-hmm. it was when it was passed along to us yes. by our parents. Mm-hmm. Um, that doesn't seem to be a priority. It doesn't seem to be something that is top of mind when you listen to what we have coming at us uh-huh. from other members of my chosen profession. Not just that, not because they're saying it, but because that's what they're reporting, because mm-hmm. that's what people who are in positions of authority and positions of power do. So here, here is where I am, um, as a student of humanity, I'm looking at what goes on around the world because this is not just an American problem. This is a global problem. I left my own home country because my country didn't want my ethnic minority who are natives of the land there, right? So here I was, I had to pick up everything and leave as a 16-year-old child with my siblings because their notion was, well, if we kill you, you can't come back. If you leave, you may come back with more money, right? So this whole notion of... Or they kill you and you can't reproduce. <laughs> in that case, they would rather you not reproduce because then you can't propagate your own kind, so to speak, right? But what I don't understand is every, every country, every community, the natives are displaced by outsiders. And then the outsiders act like the land is theirs. And then they are so fearful of what they did to the natives, the next wave of outsiders are going to do to them. So they, uh, to take borrow a football analogy, they're always on the offensive, right? So how do you, I can't just walk into my neighbor's house, throw them out, and then claim the house is mine. Yes, you can. It's called colonialism. 
The laws of unintended consequences, okay? I'm sure that no one at the very beginning, when the whole colonial thing got started, mm-hmm. had any inkling what the long-term ramifications were going to be. Mm-hmm. So for the British, as an example, There are so many places on the planet where you can go today where hopefully Mm -hmm. someone who is British will be a bit humbled at where their legacy still exists, even if it is not a good legacy. I just had somebody just last week apologize to me, dean of a university I teach. And when uh, he realized where I was from, we actually met face to face for the first time. It, it, when I said I'm from Sri Lanka, and he said, "Where did you leave?" and I said, "Here is why." And he said, "Oh, I am so sorry for the mess we've caused." But it it, it wasn't just the British. Mm-hmm. There were lots of other yes. countries: Portuguese, who, Dutch, Spanish. French. Yes, there's uh-huh. a whole long list of them, and they they have a legacy. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know that we can expect them to do anything about it now, yes. but even in those same countries, many of those same countries today, they still have problems with the outsider. Yes, but they're the ones who moved the outsiders into their country, right? So that's the other piece I don't understand. You go somewhere and take all those people as if they're puzzle pieces and move them around the world. To where they want, where you want your toy station, because people were also kind of toys at that time, right? I'm Ooh. using that analogy. People Property. had to be used. Literally. Yes. Uh huh. Now that they forced this migration to serve their need at that time as it ex- existed, now fast forward and times have evolved, and these folks are educated. They're asking from equality and all those other things, now go back to where you came from. I don't know where I came from. Where did you remove me from? Why don't you tell me that first? <laughs> it's, it is a quandary. Uh-huh. And the quandary is worsened by another detail. That is, Europe, Western Europe in particular, Eastern Europe not so much because they have refused to go along, but primarily it's Western Europe has a different, an additional level of angst. Mm -hmm. And that is because they have Muslim communities that they didn't have 40 and 50 years ago. And they have yet to figure out in a really coherent way how to integrate them fully into their societies. Mm -hmm. The British have this headache. The French also have this problem. Belgium has that problem as well. Uh, I don't know how serious it is in Germany, but, you know, you have to find a way. If you're going to bring people in, allow people into your country, you've got to find a way to help them to... Assimilate. Not just keep their values, but also embrace yours. You know, this is your new home. Uh-huh. There are certain things that we expect of you as a citizen of our country. Here are your obligations. And as a country, I also have an obligation to you as a new member of my society. Yes. Uh-huh. That's something that doesn't always get carried through. We have that problem here in the United States. 
Everyone does. Yes. Uh-huh. This is part of what happens when you have a global community and deciding that, well, we don't want to be a global community anymore. You don't have that option. No, the genie is out of the bottle. You can't put it back You, you can't close yourself off and say suddenly, well, um, no, we, we, we don't want foreign people coming here anymore. No, it doesn't work that way. So I asked this question in class the other day when my students wanted to go down this conversation from an economic finance perspective. And I'm like, okay, you don't want anything foreign made. You want everything American made from raw material to finished goods. Okay, but you want to drive a car. Where do you think your tire comes from? They're like, you want to talk about tires? I said, have you ever seen a vehicle on the road that runs without a tire? I don't think there are any rubber plantations in the United States. No, they're not. Didn't think so. So then we we had the conversation. Then I went on to all of you wearing jeans. Do you realize indigo dye is not something indigenous to the United States? Okay, now look at the buckle. Is it a copper buckle? Do we mine copper in the United States? Do you have a label at the back of your jeans? Is that leather? Where is that leather coming from? So when you start layering that in, what can you make in the United States if it's from the very basic raw material all the way to finished product? And which of you know to make it? You just have to ask these simple questions, don't you? Really? That have just such easy answers. Thank you, Dr. Henry. <laughs> um, you can't do that. It yeah. doesn't work. It, it flies in the face of existing reality. Um, nothing in this country is going to be made exclusively from things that are right here. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't have, as an example, some of the newfangled precious metals that they use in certain kinds of co- in computers, computers, cell phones, mm-hmm. etc. Well, we don't have a whole lot of mining operations that do that in the United States. How many are there? One, two? Mm-hmm. But most of that is from overseas. Well, what are you going to do? Well, if it's made over, if it's if it's coming from overseas, we don't want it. Okay. You're going to start living in the Stone Age. You better get prepared. Mm-hmm. So the other question I always ask people is, you want everything Western, or do you intend to switch to Roman numerals? Are you going to give the Arabic numbers back? And they're like, what are you talking about? Roman numerals, like X is 10. We have a hard time doing math with the Arabic numbers, right? Imagine if we all had to do it with Roman numerals. We'll be still counting only up to 10. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we forget where our, our cultures are so intermingled that we don't stop to think how much we've borrowed from other cultures. And you, the and you, ha- and you baked, haven't even gone to the meters or feet. Yes. Uh-huh. The cake is baked. We can't separate the ingredients anymore. So we just have to figure out a way to ice the cake and keep it fun and enjoy the cake while we have it. It's... It's a matter of, I think, just being human, mm-hmm. having some respect for each other. Yeah, I know respect is supposed to be earned, but you know what? If you want to be respected, you have to give respect. So let's just treat each other the way we would like to be treated. And hopefully we all like to be treated decently and well, mm-hmm. uh- which might be a dangerous assumption. One never knows. 
the strange thing is every religious philosophy has that as one of its pillars. It's not a Christian philosophy. Do unto others as you would have them do unto Mm -hmm. you. The golden rule, and it's applicable to every culture, every society at any given time. The, we, we forget to practice it, or we choose intentionally not to. So what, there are societies who treat outsiders as somebody very important. And then there are societies who treat outsiders as the other. Mm-hmm. What is the difference in the two value systems? And what can we learn from those societies? One that- is based in fear, and one is not. Mm-hmm. And that's a good, good insight because ultimately greed and fear are the true, two driving psychological forces in human beings. I'm not going to have enough or there's not going to be enough for me. Mm-hmm. You're going to take something that I have or I'm afraid you're going to. Mm-hmm. And then there is the, you know what? My home is your home. Welcome. Join us. Yes. We have a meal made, and whatever it is, we are going to share it. We're happy to share it with you. Mm -hmm. Again, it's about fear. Mm -hmm. Plain and simple. Mm -hmm. And we have become a fearful bunch. And that's fascinating for the country with the biggest military, that we are the fearful bunch. But with that thought, we are going to go into break, come back, and pick this conversation up. up to your fullest potential. This is the Voice America Empowerment Channel. If you are looking for an outstanding keynote speaker, look no further than Dr. Cass Henry. Cass is available to speak to your company. She also offers organizational leadership development seminars and workshops. These seminars can integrate learning and development, customer service, processes and financial growth, positive, motivated employees, care about their customers and work products. Visit CassHenry.com or follow Dr. Cass Henry on Facebook. That's K-A-S-Henry.com for more information. Organizational training does not have to be a difficult job. Visit Dr. Cass Henry's site to find out more about her organizational training curriculum development and global organizational training webinars. These informative webinars cover leadership development, career path and succession planning, financial performance improvement and change management, and corporate finance. For more information, please visit CassHenry.com and follow Cass Henry on Facebook. That's K-A-S-Henry.com. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Live up to your fullest potential. This is the Voice America Empowerment Channel. You're listening to Unleash Your Inner Goldilocks. How to get it just right. To reach Dr. Cass Henry or her guest today, please call 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. 
9141. You may also send an email to drcasshenry at hotmail.com. Now, back to this week's program. Welcome to Unleash Your Inner Goldilocks, How to Get It Just Right. We're having a conversation about civil rights then and now with David Jennings from WGN Radio. David, as we went for break, you were talking about how fear is the prevalent emotion that drives folks who, you know, want to protect their toys, what is theirs, don't want to share, whatever is triggering that fear. And I was raised to believe that if you're afraid of the dark, all you need to do is figure out where the light switch is and turn it on, whatever that particular light switch is. What in this society then do we need to do to bring that light so that the darkness of fear goes away? And is education a vehicle for that? This may bother some folks, but maybe we start with an ending of the philosophy that he or she who dies with the most toys is the winner. Mm-hmm. We live in a society that, that, does, that celebrates what? It celebrates accumulation of, of wealth. Mm-hmm. It, it, it celebrates accumulation of material goods. Mm-hmm. And it's about winners and losers. It's yes. not about win-win, it's about no, winning No, it's always about someone wins, someone else loses. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, will, I will just, a couple of things. This is from Martin Luther, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Mm-hmm. What does it profit a man to be able to eat at an integrated lunch counter if he doesn't earn enough money to buy a hamburger and a cup of coffee? Again, Negroes are not the only poor in the nation. There are nearly twice as many white poor as Negro, and therefore, the struggle against poverty is not involved solely with color or racial discrimination, but with elementary economic justice. And to achieve it, King says, there must be a better distribution of wealth within this country for all God's children. There is nothing but a lack of social vision to prevent us from paying an adequate wage to every American, whether he or she is a hospital worker, laundry worker, maid, or day laborer. Are you sure that's 1963? It's worse today, right? I just saw the statistics based on the new law that passed or is in the process of getting finalized. Oh, that, the tax bill is final. That's done. It's done. Okay, I missed that today then. Uh, but what it will end up doing is consolidate 90% of this country's wealth in the hands of top 1%. Isn't that wonderful? So we're going backwards, right? It's it's the new American and way. So the image it creates in my mind, when my husband had visited his with his friend Venezuela, where his wife was from, the rich people live in the valley and all the poor people live in the barrios, the slums. And his friend says, don't you put the paper in the toilet because it won't flush because of pressure problems. And my husband, Mike, turned around and said, why? You're all so rich. Why can't you have enough water pressure? And he says, look at all those barrio homes. They tap into the water line. They tap into the electricity. And the more they take, the less functional all our things in our expensive homes are. And so Mike's naive question was, so why don't you stop them? And he said, David, actually, his name was Dave, Dave Meyer. Dave Meyer took Mike out and said, take a look, Mike. 
if we cut their electricity and we cut their water and they all descended on just the 10 of us or 100 of us, Bye-bye. who do you think is going to live? Mm-hmm. So it's better for us to let them take the water and the electricity because then we get to keep our lifestyle. Well, there are other options like, okay, why don't we come up with a better system for distribution of the water? Yes. Uh-huh. Why don't we come up with a better way of dealing with the electricity? Yes. But, but for that moment, that was a very enlightening conversation. Yeah. In the class, what I do as a simulation is we play an investment game. And the game is structured in a way that one person is going to end up with all the money. And then the final question the students have to answer is the person with all the money, what do they want to do with the money? And the answer I always get every semester is, there is no point in me planning because I'm not going to get out of this place alive. (laughs) Right? Because you have a class full of people who don't have anything and you have everything. And so I, I do this simulation only because there is a larger lesson to learn. There is another answer, and that is I can get out of here alive. That is, if I share I, it, if I share it yes. and find ways to bring everyone else along with me. Mm-hmm. But if I don't want to do that, then, yeah, the answer is, what's the point? I'm going to be dead anyway. Yes, and if I have all the money, but I don't know to build a house, I have all the money, but I don't know to make clothes, I have all the money, and I don't grow food, so I'm going to be naked, homeless, and starved, but I have my money. Mm -hmm. So we get into these conversations in a finance and economics class only because I have a group of MBA students who are in their 30s and 40s, and it's a good way to actually bring in the context of social justice and economic equality. Have you ever listened to Chris Rock? Yes. Mm -hmm. Do you remember the bit he did talking about uh, wealth? Mm Mm-hmm. The end of it is, you know, black people think that Magic Johnson is wealthy. No, Magic Johnson is rich. The person who signed at the time Magic Johnson's paycheck, they're wealthy. There is a huge difference. Rich, oh, well, I can now go out and buy myself a Lamborghini or I can buy myself a Ferrari. Um, wealthy, I don't want a Lamborghini or a Ferrari. I want to find products that are going to keep paying me. Yes. So I get to live off the interest of my uh-huh. investment. And then I can pass it on to 10 generations to come. Yes, and they start the game in a better position than anyone else. Mm-hmm. Why? Because it's an instant leg up on the dance of life. Mm-hmm. So Martin Luther King's advice to us was, if you can't fly, then run. If you can't run, then walk. If you can't walk, then crawl. But whatever you do, you have to keep moving forward. Mm-hmm. I look at these very powerful words and I read the American history from the 60s, and I see what's going on forward till today, and I can see what's coming our way in the future if we continue down this path. And the question coming to my mind is, are we truly moving forward? Or are we going backwards on steroids? Some of the same issues that were 
important to Martin Luther King Jr. in 1963 are issues that we are still talking about today. The numbers may have changed. We're now talking about a $15 an hour minimum wage for those at the bottom of the economic ladder. And let's face it, that's not totally outrageous. A 40-hour week at $15 an hour, that's what, 600 bucks? $600 a week. Well, what was the old thing that your rent shouldn't be more than two weeks pay? Okay, $600 a month. Do you know anyone who can get a $600 a month apartment in Chicago? No. Mm -hmm. A one-bedroom? Definitely not. A studio? Maybe. But... If you have to work four different jobs to keep your head above water, there's something wrong. Mm -hmm. Um, The whole supply-side economic theory, that if you give tax cuts to big business and to the wealthy, it will translate into them investing money here, they will bring back the trillions of dollars they've been sitting on overseas, and everyone will be happily employed with jobs paying more than they did before. Now. As of the date that we are recording this show, you recall that I think AT&T is one of the companies decided it's going to pay a $1,000 bonus to its employees because of the tax bill being signed. I wonder how many of those employees are going to get it into their heads that they've been given a raise. You haven't been given a raise. You were given a one-time $1,000 bonus which after taxes is going to be, what, around 700 Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, big whoop. You got a $1,000 bonus. Your company deals in the billions of dollars. I want to see what the companies, the big ones, that, get the, that are getting the change in the tax percentage, I want to see what they do when it's time to negotiate a new contract with their unionized employees. In fact, I would love to see some of those same companies take the initiative. We're getting this tax break. Hey, labor unions, come here. We need to talk. We'd like to give you guys some raises. We'd like to spread this around. Not just a $1,000 bonus. We'd like to give our employees actually, oh, raises, like 5%. You and I know in the real world, that's I know, not that's that never conversation happen. that I, happens, right? I, I'm, I'm just playing funny I here. know, I know. So what I don't understand is... The elected officials that go to represent and do our work because they forget that they are there as our representatives, right? And they are there to make sure they look out for the interest of the people. Really? And, right? You sure about that? That's that's the intent. And instead, they line their pockets and they Lobby, make choices. Lobbying is a huge business in Washington, D.C. Mm-hmm. It is a big business in it's it's a big business in many state capitals around the country. So the colonial masters divided the citizenry and pitted one, one against the other so that they can do whatever they wanted in the open because people were too busy fighting, right? Mm-hmm. We have not changed. When I sat for the citizenship exam, one of the things I had to learn about is Patrick Henry's give me liberty or give me death. Mm-hmm. Those words are still real after independence. So what's the difference? When you live in a country where, what was the last, I don't remember the the exact number, but I think it was less than 50% 
of eligible voters voted in the last... Yeah, about 36 to 40% voted. Voted, okay. Uh Um, What does that tell you? When you no longer have a military draft Uh and your then president says the best thing that you can do now to let the terrorists know that they haven't won is to go out and do what you normally do, do your shopping, spend your money. What does that tell you? Okay. It's funny you say that because then there are countries that insist that it's that your everyone duty give to at vote. least two they to vote, or you are required yes. to uh-huh. give them. Was it a minimum two years for most in Europe? Either you serve in the military or you serve your society in, in a national compa- service. Their national capacity. service. And my part of the world, it is a part of what every student has to do in return for the taxpayer-funded education. We are all. Our entire lives, we have to give it back to our community while we are students. But you talk about a taxpayer-funded public system, of, a taxpayer-funded system of higher education. Yes. We don't want to do that in this country. In fact, if anything, we try to make it as difficult as possible for people to get a college education. Why? You can't get rid of student loan debt. Uh-huh. As a corporation, you can get rid of your debt. You can walk away free and clear. Uh-huh. You cannot go into bankruptcy to dump your student debt. It will follow you for the rest of your life. Yeah. Uh-huh. So, okay, if you're really interested and you're going to tell me that getting a college education is essential to success, then why do you want to saddle students with debt in six figures when they get out of school And Mm -hmm. they hit the job market, and guess what isn't there? A job. That is a very, very important concept that we need to talk about because education actually lays the foundation for everything a person can accomplish. So let's pick that up in our final segment, uh, and let's go to break now. Build your better business. Achieve that goal. Make good on that resolution. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. If you are looking for an outstanding keynote speaker, look no further than Dr. Cass Henry. Cass is available to speak to your company. She also offers organizational leadership development seminars and workshops. These seminars can integrate learning and development, customer service, processes, and financial growth positive, motivated employees care about their customers and work products. Visit CassHenry.com or follow Dr. Cass Henry on Facebook. That's K-A-S-Henry.com for more information. Organizational training does not have to be a difficult job. Visit Dr. Cass Henry's site to find out more about her organizational training curriculum development and global organizational training webinars. These informative webinars cover leadership development, career path and succession planning, financial performance improvement and change management, and corporate finance. For more information, please visit CassHenry.com and follow Cass Henry on Facebook. That's K-A-S-Henry.com. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog, Press Pass? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. 
It's just a click away at VAPressPass.com. That's VAPressPass.com. VA Press Pass by Voice America. All access, all the time. Build your better business. Achieve that goal. Make good on that resolution. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. You're listening to Unleash Your Inner Goldilocks. How to get it just right. To reach Dr. Cass Henry or her guest today, please call 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to Henry at hotmail.com. Now, back to this week's program. Welcome back to Unleash Your Inner Goldilocks, How to Get It Just Right. And you're joining David Jennings and I as we explore civil rights then and now as we honor Martin Luther King Jr. this January 2018. David, so as we went for break, we were talking about student loans and how education has become so difficult to attain. A good school, a state school for a four-year undergraduate degree like University of Wisconsin-Madison or any of the schools around here, you're looking at $200,000 to $250,000 for four years. Mm-hmm. That, if I had a child, I'll probably give them a two-year community college education, a job opportunity with somebody I know so that the employer can pay for the rest of the education, mm-hmm. and I'd buy them a house. That way they don't have a mortgage and they don't have student loans. How can our children compete in a modern global economy when every step of the way, everything is against them and education is a basic requirement for the next step up? It's because, among other things, some discussions need to be had and we have to make some choices. We have to decide whether or not there is going to be this continuing competition between public education and private education. Mm -hmm. We have to make a decision on whether or not we're simply going to say that public education has to be right. It has to actually educate young people. Not teach them to the test. And not just for the purposes of giving them the ability to answer a multiple choice question test. Yes. Okay? I remember taking tests when I was in high school. They were not all multiple choice questions. I never had they were choice. they were essay yes. questions. Uh-huh. You had to actually know something. You had to have read the material. Uh-huh. If if they were mathematical problems, I went to a specialty high school in New York City for electrical and electronics engineering. Uh-huh. We used slide rules. We didn't have calculators. You had to do the math. You had to actually look at the formula, understand what, you know, the parenthesis gets done. What's in parenthesis is done first. Do you know how many people don't know that today? I'm not surprised. That is scary. I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised at anything that I see anymore. Yes. I have MBA students who don't know to calculate the percentage. If you get two out of five, what percentage is that? Can you show that to me, Professor? Graduate school. Hey. And same thing when it comes to language. You ask somebody a question, ask them to explain, they start. And then they say, you know what I say? It's like, no, you haven't said a thing. 
Why don't you finish that thought? Well, please, for the world, for, for, the, for, this, for my sanity, ban the words like, you know. Yes. And put an end to people beginning a sentence with the word so. so. Okay? Those are just three humble requests and because, I because, because. Yeah, because. because. That's another The one. answer is because. And I always say because is a conjunction. It is not an actual answer. So because has to proceed with something. Proceed, it has to be preceded by something and it has to be followed by something. Can you finish that sentence at the front end and the back end? No. No. Okay. Because, because is a valid answer. No, because it's not an answer. Okay. Yes. It can be uh-huh. part of an answer, but it's not an answer. Uh, we, we've gotten lazy. So how We've do, gotten sloppy. So civil rights and economic equality and social justice cannot happen if people cannot... If you have a society that is uninformed, mm-hmm. when you have a population that is disconnected and disinterested... Yes. When you have a political process that has proven to a vast majority of the American public that the things that get done don't necessarily have anything to do with what they would like to see done, but rather what someone at a lobbying firm who is willing to make a contribution to my representative's campaign coffers thinks is important and my representative votes that way. So the whole notion of democracy is gone, right? It's not gone. We can get it back. Mm -hmm. And we have very good reasons in the current climate to want to get it back. Yes. And communities are rising up to take it back. People are, well, it it delights me to see the number of women who are, who've already gotten involved in politics. And are hopefully going to be getting involved in politics in the elections that happen later this year. Mm-hmm. This it's it's all an outgrowth of another civil rights issue, and that's the rights of women. women. Mm-hmm. The rights of women to be able to have a job where there are no conditions of an unpleasant nature attached to it as part of that a job. A respectful workplace environment that is free of harassment of any kind. Well, that is that has fired people up. Mm-hmm. I hope it keeps them fired up. I hope that we don't wind up necessarily doing executions mm-hmm. where we decide you've been accused, therefore you're guilty. Mm-hmm. Process. Due process. Mm-hmm. Get the evidence. Establish, you know, bring in witnesses. All right? Do it the right way. Don't just, mm-hmm. well, you're out. You have to, you have to so be what an outcast. What fascinates me is when the entire Penn State situation came out, they ripped up Joe Paterno's monument. Everything they did to Joe Paterno when he was not the perpetrator. If we use that yardstick and every... This is going on in Congress. This is going on in big corporations. If we use that same yardstick and the same treatment we gave Joe Paterno, I know nothing about football, but I watched this happen in the society. Why don't we use that same approach to every situation and then call out everybody who pretended to be deaf, dumb, and blind and didn't do a damn thing because ultimately doing nothing is a choice. And yes, it is. People are making choices to do nothing because it serves them economically. 
And if we do anything for money, there's a word for it. I'm not going to use it on the radio. Mm-hmm. And so who are we? And if that is who we are, then uh, can we hold our head up high and have any self-respect? Apparently, we people can. There were plenty of people around Harvey Weinstein who knew exactly what he was doing. Yes. Mm-hmm. They chose to say nothing. I mean, come on. The guy had a contract with his film with a film company that had his name on it that said, in essence, if you are if, if you have a, a face a sexual uh, misconduct allegation or inappropriate work, uh, there was a fine to you that you had to pay the company up to one million dollars. Why would you have put that in the contract if you didn't already know he was not behaving in an appropriate way. Totally hear you. And I cannot believe we are truly out of our entire hour. But we have so much more to talk. We should actually have you back on the show to pick this up and continue on the conversation another day. But I am so happy you came by. You are doing the show with me. We've had an interesting conversation. I wish we had more than an hour. Uh, thank you so much, David. You're and welcome. forward to having you on the show again. And to my audience, if you have any questions, you have ideas for our shows, you want to call in with questions, please email me at drcasshenry at hotmail.com. And as you go through your life and through your journey, remember, every human interaction is an opportunity for transformation. So let's go out there, transform lives, and please don't forget to start with your own. Thank you for tuning in to Unleash Your Inner Goldilocks, How to Get It Just Right. Please join Dr. Cass Henry again next Monday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time and 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel for another edition of the program. We'll see you then.